0: The numbers are astonishing and shocking, to say the least, 4,500 people in just one year. That averages out to about 12 people a day, and at its peak was 70 people a day. That's how many funerals Pastor Martin Rinkert performed in the year 1637. Yes, you heard that right, 4,500 funerals. Pastor Rinkert was a lone pastor in the town of Ehlenburg, Germany, during the Thirty Years' War. And not only did war ravage the country, but famine and plagues swept through the land, devastating everything in its path and leaving thousands dead in its wake. And yet through it all, Pastor Rinkert continued to serve God and his people day after day after day, surrounded by death. He lost coworkers, family, friends, even his own wife. And yet he continued to serve God because he knew that Jesus has the power over the grave. He knew that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He knew that Jesus is the one who gives life for the dead. That's our theme for our service this morning, Jesus, life for the dead. It's what our gospel account is all about, Jesus bringing his friend Lazarus back from the dead But the story is about so much more than a dead man walking out of the grave. It's a story about the painful reality, the sad reality that death is for all people. It's a painful, sad reality that Jesus himself felt. It's a story about faith and confidence and trust that a woman places in her Savior, in the face of the death of her brother. It's that same confidence, faith, and trust that we all can have in our Savior because he is the one who gives life for the dead. Because the most important part of this story is exactly that. Jesus, the one who has power over the grave, the one who is the resurrection and the life, he is the one who promises that we too will rise again. Our account picks up in the middle of John chapter 11. And at the beginning of John chapter 11, we hear that Mary and Martha's brother is sick and is close to death. You, you might remember Mary and Martha from the account earlier in Jesus' ministry where he goes to their house. And Martha is all concerned about making sure everything is perfectly in place. The dinner table is set pristine. The house is swept. Everything is made perfect And when she sees that her sister Mary is talking with her Savior and not helping at all, she she gets a little angry. She says, Lord, don't you care that I'm putting in all the work here? Tell my sister to come help me. And Jesus responds, Martha, there is one thing needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Some time passes from that account to where we are today in John chapter 11. And again, they send word to Jesus. Jesus, our brother is sick. We know you have the power to heal. Please come. And yet Jesus doesn't. The account tells us that Jesus waits two days where he is. And during that time, Lazarus dies. So why would Jesus wait? Why does he stay where he is for two days? Doesn't he care? Well, the verses that aren't included in our text today, when Jesus hears the news that Lazarus is sick and dying, this is the words that he speaks to his disciples. This sickness is not going to end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. There's your answer. Jesus knew that through this whole situation, it was going to bring glory to God. And that's exactly what happened. He, he makes his way from where he was to Bethany, to Mary and Martha. And Martha, when she hears that he's coming, she runs to meet him. Quite a change in priorities from the last time that we've seen her, isn't it? She leaves her family and her friends. She leaves the gathering that she was probably in charge of. She runs to the one thing needful. She runs to her Savior. And the first words out of her mouth do not, are not fueled by anger or frustration. They're simply her trusting her Savior, trusting in her Savior's power. Lord, I know that if you were here, my brother would not have died. But I know that whatever you ask, Lord, God will give it to you. She's saying, "Lord, I trust you. I trust your decision to wait those two days. I don't know why, but I know you are in control. I know you still love me. I know you had the power over death, and for some reason, you decided to stay for two days, and I'm okay with that. And it doesn't seem like Mary, or uh, excuse me, Martha is expecting or even asking Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead in those last words when she says... I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. It doesn't seem like she's asking for him to raise Lazarus from the dead because when Jesus says, "Your brother will rise again," well how does she respond? "Yes, Lord, I know that he will rise again at the loves her." What a beautiful example of a believer drawing near to Christ in the face of disaster, in the face of death. Just like Martin Rinkert who drew near to his Savior in the face of death every single day for over a year. So Martha draws near to her Savior and says, Lord, I trust you. I know you love me, and I know that you are in control. What would Martha's actions have looked like if she would have let the sadness and the pain and the anger drive her? would she have run to meet her savior to fall at his feet and say I trust you or would she have shunned him pushed him away and said lord i i don't even want to see your face would she have expressed her trust and her faith in her savior's decision to wait those 2 days or would she have spit at his feet and said how dare you how dare you come here now 2 days after my brother is dead you show up here now. We called for help and you didn't help us. I don't think many people would have blamed Martha if she would have acted that way. And there's a sinful part of me that knows that I would like to act the same way as that as well when, face come, when death comes face to face, when death comes to my door. I want to let that anger and that rage and that fear drive me to do things that I shouldn't. Death has impacted every single one of us in this room in one way or another. It's painful. It's sad. We know the pain. We know the hurt. We know the questions that it causes to rise in our minds. But don't let... That anger drive you to despair. Don't let it lead you to doubt your Savior's love for you. When those questions come, Lord, do you care? Look through those veil of tears to your Savior who loves you. Look to your Savior who will lead you through those dark valleys. Draw near to your Savior who loves you. Draw near to your savior because he is the one who has felt the pain and the hurt of death himself, both emotionally and physically. In the account we hear that Jesus sees the grave of his, Lazar- of his friend Lazarus and he weeps. He sheds tears and John lets us know that he is deep moved deeply in himself and that's putting it lightly. Jesus was angry. Jesus was frustrated. He knew that death was not part of God's plan. He knew that death was never supposed to be part of the equation for God's creation. And yet when Adam and Eve rebelled against God and disobeyed God, that death rose its ugly head. And it's painful. And it hurts. But it moved Jesus deeply, not only to feel the pain but to act. It moved Jesus to face death head on at the cross where he experienced physical death. We don't have a Savior who doesn't know what death is. He has felt death. He has felt the pain of death. And he has experienced death. But we draw near to our Savior not just because he has experienced death, but because he has conquered death. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He was the one who laid down his life, but also had the authority to take it back up again. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus tells Mary. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And the one who lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus holds the power over the grave. And he shows it in such a miraculous way in this account, doesn't he? He simply walks to the grave, says a prayer to his father out loud for the benefit of those standing around him, and says three simple words. Lazarus, come out. And he does. He walks out of the grave. What an amazing gift for Lazarus. What an amazing gift for Mary and Martha. But it's a gift for you and for me as well. It shows us that Jesus has the power over the grave. It's not just talk. It's real. It's for you and for me. Because I live, Jesus says, you also will live That's what the greatest verse of the Bible is all about. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. The gift is for you. Jesus promises that you will rise again at the resurrection, at the last day. Jesus will come. And he'll say, Sean, come out. Evan, come out. Bill, come out. Nathan, come out. Kyle, come out. Chuck, come out. Kevin, come out. And you will. You will walk triumphantly over the grave. What an amazing gift that our Savior gives to us. Life for the dead. Martin Rinkert was more than just a faithful pastor. He was a talented and gifted hymn writer as well, and one of his hymns is one that you may be somewhat familiar with. It's a very famous Thanksgiving hymn. Now thank we all our God, with hearts and hands and voices. Who wondrous things has done, in whom his world rejoices. Who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way, with countless gifts of love, and still is ours today. Can you believe that? Martin Rinkert wrote those words in the middle of all of that death. He knew that Jesus held the power over the grave. He knew that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. He knew that Jesus gives life for the dead, and so do you. Now thank we all our God, because he blesses us with so many blessings, and the greatest of which is Jesus, who gives us life from the dead. So when death comes to your door, when you see death face to face, whether it's you or a family member or a friend or a co-worker, draw near to Christ. Draw near to your Savior. Draw near to Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. Draw near to him who gives life to the dead. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.